So, I'm gonna, may I have that music stand, please? I got some papers today. So I wore my, my Love Wins shirt today because, because it seemed appropriate for, for this Love Grows In Here. That song was written by my friend Lena Katrakis. Uh-huh. She wrote that. She's in Washington, D.C. gigging today, or she'd have been here. She was very disappointed she couldn't join us. But, but she, uh, I remember when she wrote that. It's been sung all over the world. And, and it's, it's a beautiful song. So when I, I didn't even know Kenneth had chosen that song for the choir today. And I happened to see the sheet music back there. And I thought, oh, this is so good. So I wrote to Lena. She was in Greece at the time. She gets around. <laughs> and uh, and so, by the way, she just got married. Congratulations. Best wishes, Lena. And, and, and we, but love grows. And the song's called Love Grows Here. But I called the talk Love Grows In Here. In Here for Friendship Sunday. Love grows in here. And here is a quote I like. You can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself. And that person is not to be found anywhere. You yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. There's nobody who deserves your love more than you do. Perhaps not less than, but don't diminish yourself in the love chain. You know, keep, oh, you see, I, uh, I was taught by my teachers, at least some of them, God can't love you. God does not love you. And of course that's, huh? Right. Well, because God is love itself, God can't not love me. God is love itself. And if I would wake up and know that, my days would be so much easier to know that I truly am loved with an everlasting love. And I'm never not going to be loved. And the love has nothing to do with conditions. It has to do with the I am of me. It has to do with in sickness and health. I am loved because I can't not be. And yet I, some of us, and my, me included some of these, will treat myself like there's something defective about me. Like I am a walking defective character. Because I forgot something. The names we call ourselves. It's really criminal. How dare we treat a beloved child of God that way? Not, not to mention the names we call our neighbors. The names we call the people driving down the highway faster than us, or more clunky than us, or slower than us. But they're driving down that highway, and they're <laughs> bugging me. And I have a name for every single one of them. Might be the same name. I don't know. And it just diminishes us all. We go to church, some, well, a lot of us go to church. Not all of you go to church all the time, clearly. I know, because I saw it here the week before last. I, uh, <laughs> please, I, watched, I saw everybody come in and I said, are we having a resurrection in the fall I didn't know about? Is there an Easter celebration in the fall? That's why so many are here. And I thought, no, it's Friendship Sunday. And it became important to come because you were invited 
are your friend. Your friend. And I, I, uh, some of the people don't come here all the time. They're sitting there. Please don't. <laughs> I will not enjoy this church. <laughs> I came for my friend. I will not enjoy this church. <laughs> I'm not going to point fingers. That's why I'm looking away right now. <laughs> but I will read from the Bible. <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> But I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophecy is imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought I, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a grown-up, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Make love your aim. So what we keep forgetting is that love always is. God is love itself. There's never an absence of love. There's just a confusion around it and a forgetting of it. But a thought of love Snapper, come on. <laughs> I heard the sound. There we go. Thank you, Dr. Laney. Uh, a thought of love will change it so fast. I guarantee you that if you're driving down that highway, and you see the someone coming up behind you, racing along, if you have a thought about love, of love about them, everything in your car will change. I proved this years ago. I, when I first started working up here, I was commuting from the city. And I wasn't used to driving on the highway a lot, especially New York highways. And, but I, I'd leave the city every morning early. For a while there, Kenneth and I drove up together every day when he was working here in the office. But when I first started, I was driving by myself. And I was nervous. And people drove at the speed that they chose to. You know, the, the, the signs were suggestions. <laughs> it's like stop signs in Norwalk. There are suggestions. <laughs> and 
I would get upset. And I, I, I need a word other than God here to relax me. And the word love appeared to me. And I thought, well, God is love itself. And so I started doing that. You know, I get shaking. I go, love, 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 love. And so I'd be driving along calmly all of a sudden. Love, 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 love. Because I, 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 that worked for me. That resonated in my mind and in my body. Love, 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 love. So that I wasn't afraid of those people. I wasn't resentful of those people. They weren't imposing upon my day. They did not destroy my peace. But the funny part is they never destroy my peace. My thoughts about them destroy my peace. And so my thought changed from one of anguish to or, and attack on either side to one of love, 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 love. So I started using that in our home. I would go from room to room. Love, 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 love. Only love lives here. Only love lives here. I'd come to the church oh, and I'd go to every room and I would declare only love lives in this room. Wasn't driving through the church. I, only love lives in this room. Only love lives in this room. And peace began to prevail here. And because and, and, and I was new minister and I, I, was, I was anxious. And I was experiencing anxiety, and I didn't want to. I knew I didn't have to. It's not a rule that you have to experience anxiety. It's only our thoughts that tell us, but I have to keep thinking this. Why? Well, because I have to. If I, if I let it go, somebody gets away with it. I thought, well, what do they get away with? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to hold on to it until until I change my mind. Well, now's a good time to change your mind. Now is a perfectly good time to change your mind. So it, love is just love. And to see it, love grows in here. So it grows, not my, not my heart gets bigger, but my awareness of love is what's growing in here. My awareness of love is what's growing in my mind. My awareness of love, and with my awareness of love and my conscious invitation to it into my consciousness, I am consciously inviting God into my consciousness. So I don't know God as a human being with a personality. I did it one time, but that didn't serve me well because I wasn't it wasn't consistent for me in my thinking. And so sometimes I'd manifest, sometimes I wouldn't. Often the manifestations were fuzzy. And, and so the God I believed in, and, and that's all that mattered. You know, some will say, no, there's just God. No, there's only the God we personally believe in. That's the God we experience. I guarantee you, everybody in this church experiences a very different God. And everybody in every church experiences a different God. And I have friends, I have fundamentalist friends and what have you. So, oh no, there's just God. No, you experience that God very differently than your next door neighbor does. Or even the person in the next pew experiences it. And so I had to look at that because I like the word God. I, I find it a good communicator because for me, God means love. God means power. God means presence. God means, but I had, I had to quit trying to get something from God. And here's why. If I'm trying to get something from God, I'm affirming I don't have it. And when I think of the absence of good in my life, I don't feel loved. I don't feel that I am loved, and I forget of what love is. And suddenly, if, it's, I, if I think you're the one to give me that, I start to think you're withholding my love. And that's the hard part about it. Now, growing up in a family like I did, love was very inconsistent. 
the demonstration of love. And here's why. Because none of us knew what it was and we weren't really focused on it. We were just trying to get through a miserable day. We were trying to get through a fearful day. And I was, I guess, late 20s, maybe even early 30s. And I, uh, I decided I want to love my family. I, it was a conscious choice. And so I went home that Christmas to Pennsylvania and I hugged everybody. Oh my gosh. Oh, that frightened people. <laughs> my mother liked it. My mother did like it. I, I said, Mother, I just want to love everybody. So do you want it or not? Because I'd also decided if they didn't want it, it's okay. I might not come around so much. It's okay, but you got to give it a shot. So I hugged her. She liked it. My middle brother was fine with it. It was my oldest brother. Hi, Mark. He watches. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't wild about it at first because it's touchy is not a common thing in our family and especially in my mother's house and but he he accepted it and i would go back okay and uh okay oh i'm gonna do this again and then something shifted and his arms has been his arms have been out to me ever since and we are very good friends love wins love wins my brother and i love each other not because we have to, but just because we do. We decided to look at each other fully with all our stuff and love each other. Now, I can't tell you I do that with everybody in the world. I, I just don't yet, but I, I keep working at it. I, I keep trying. I love this. Loving without attachment, wherein you love a person deeply, but do not crave for them. There's love. And when I did the Vipassa thing recently, I'm not going into all that today, watch last week's talk. But Vipassa is a type of medication, medita meditation, <laughs> type of meditation to eradicate craving, aversion, and ignorance. And so in that, uh, the, the teacher kept saying, don't, don't create more craving. And how many of us have gotten into a new relationship and we long for them every second they're not there and so, oh I'll just die if they don't call and and I and and we we get hooked on that we get addicted to that that feeling what's it dopamine I think is is what that kind of love puts out but it's not a satisfying love it's not a gratifying love and it's certainly selfish it's not a giving love it's not oh how can I love you you know, how, how, how many of us really want to love someone else the way they want to be loved? I don't. I want to love you the way I want to love you. Take it. Accept it. It's good. You just don't know better. Rub my back this way, not this way. You know, it's a, those, those little things. Uh, Craving it misbalances emotions, which stray, strays a person from the path of self-learning and enlightenment. It brings misery. Our cravings bring misery. Remember when I quit smoking, I felt entitled to a lot of things, most particularly Haagen-Dazs' brand new strawberry shortcake, strawberry cheesecake ice cream. I was entitled, and this one weekend, everybody was out of it. I lived in the city then, every grocery store in the area. I went from bodega to bodega, and I got a little huffy with some people. Like, like they were holding out on me. <laughs> Finally, 15 blocks away, I found it, and I bought like four four things. I was very thin then. And I, uh, 
And I thought, oh, suddenly God was on my side. But God was not on my side the whole way up the street until I found it. It was ridiculous. But I knew that I observed the ridiculousness of myself and couldn't seem to stop it. And, 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 it, and it, that, that kind of, it brought me misery. The love of strawberry cheesecake, haagen ice cream brought me misery. It brought me craving. It brought me the belief in lack and that my good could disappear. And that's where the craving for money, the craving for out of lust, the craving for ice cream, the craving for anything does not bring us joy. And if we happen to manifest, it's a temporary joy because what now we know it could disappear at any moment. Love without attachment is what we're looking to begin practicing. Uh, when one gets attached to someone, they lose connection with their self. They stop exploring themselves and they rely on the other person or their partner to make them feel better. Uh, hence, spiritual philosophy prioritizes freedom. Because when you are free, you have time to contemplate and to go inwards, which helps to create a balance between your thoughts. That's why when I did the 10-day silent Vipassana two weeks ago, I was free. I didn't have to think, what, what does David need today? I didn't have to think, what do the cats need today? What does the church need today? I was busy in a small room in Massachusetts being quiet, being still as I could be and, and exploring my own thoughts, exploring, not intellectualizing them, but noticing them, observing them so that I could come home and be free to love without attachment, without codependence, without worry. I am free to love everyone. What I've discovered, because I've had enough people in my life die now, you know, on a physical level to realize, oh, I, I don't keep people alive. And I don't kill people. I participate with people. I participate on this earth with people. I participate and I, and I do my, uh, and I'm doing my best more and more to be empathetic and to love them. I, and when I do pray with someone who has the possibility of leaving their body, I ask them, how would you like me to pray with you? Would you like for me to pray that you leave or that you stay? Because I'm willing either way. What do you want? And, uh, and then it puts it in their hand rather than, oh, no, don't go, don't go, don't go. Because it's not my business if someone wants to leave and it's not my business if someone wants to stay. I don't read the obituaries every day crying over people I don't know who leaves. Does anybody? No, I cry over the people I love who leave or are about to leave. I cry over that. So, but the others, I couldn't care less. And it sounds cold. It sounds cruel. But it's, let's, nobody here raised their hand, said they're reading the obituaries every day, saying, I'm worried. Ah, uh, this one left. I don't know who they were, but oh, what a shame. And what if everybody stayed? What if nobody left? Well, our church would be full every week, but <laughs> it's, uh, if nobody left this earth to go on their journey, to do what has to be done from going from here to here. And that's all the further the journey is between life and death. It's from here to here. I watched my best friend go about in July. I was at his bedside when he left. 
And it was shocked. I saw his face. Breathing, breathing. Suddenly he wasn't breathing. And the nurse was holding his head to keep him from choking on the little bit of medication they had just given him. And he was gone. Same face. But Richard wasn't there anymore. And I was willing. Because I loved him that much. I wouldn't want to hold him back from, from that journey. And, and, and I loved myself that much that I wouldn't want to make myself miserable over his leaving. I focused on every bit of gratitude as I have continued to do. I am so grateful to Richard. Some days I call David Richard. <laughs> it's an accident. But the other day I said, Richard, we're going to go. Sounds David. Well. <laughs> You actually said, are you upstairs or downstairs, Richard? And oh. said, Richard is dead. I <laughs> and he loves me enough not to be upset about that. <laughs> not to be angry, not to punish me for that. That's just a loopy mind. That's, that's not a diminishment of David. One day, he'll be so, I'll be so grateful to him for having taken care of me as I love him and let him go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, did I say that? <laughs> you must love yourself before you love another. By accepting yourself and fully being what you, what you are, your simple presence can make others happy. Fully being what you are. Now, what you are is not how you behave. What you are is not your remembering or your forgetful mind. What you are is a being that is made in the image and likeness of love. And if we would spend every day reminding ourselves of that, I am a being made in the image and likeness of love. I'm not the things I have done. Buddha is credited with saying, when you like a flower, you just pluck it. But when you love a flower, you water it daily. I like that. Silence the angry man with love. Silence the ill-natured person with kindness. Silence the miser with generosity. And silence the liar with truth. I'm going to read from this book, The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. It's one of my very favorites. And again, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's see if it says it any differently. The reason for all things is love. Division is the opposite of love because division excludes. Love cannot exclude. Love is whole, knowing only truth. Become as an empty shell to know love. That is your reason. That is your true desire. To look on the world and divide it by judging is not love, so it is not what you want. Lay down what you do, do not want, and accept joyfully that which you do. Yeah, lay down what you do not want, and accept joyfully that which you do. When you look on the world, you see the reflection of your mind, which makes the world through thought. What you believe and what you accept is seen in the world. There is division in what you see, because there is no division in your thought. This thought is not love. This thought is the denial of love, which is all that truly exists. To cease denial and see truth, which you truly desire, becomes an empty shell, 
let go of thoughts of division, that you may see the beauty of your oneness face to face, and you may rejoice. Trust is the means, and love is the reason. Give everything to trust in the Holy Spirit, because love is all that you desire. What I encourage us to realize is, in my desire for love doesn't mean I don't have love. It's just that I've forgotten how to see it. In your daily prayers, ask yourself to remember it. As David says when he forgets the name of something, brain, find it for me. Brain, find my love for me today. Just as you would say, brain, find my keys for me today. <laughs> hatred does not cease through hatred at any time. Hatred ceases through love. This is an unalterable law. Radiate boundless love towards the entire world. Above, below, and across, unhindered, without ill will, without enmity. Today is Friendship Sunday at Unity Center of Norwalk. We come here every week to be reminded of this stuff, to remember this stuff. We come here every week to remember the truth of our being. We are so glad to share it with those of you who are here for the first time, the second time, those of you who come once in a while. We are so glad to know you today. Today, you are Unity Center of Norwalk, today. If you come back next week, you are still Unity Center of Norwalk. And if you don't come back next week, you will not be forgotten. You will be going on about your business. I invite you to return next week so that we may find an opportunity to love one another without attachment, but in good and in life and in truth. Thank you for today.